You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with Citywide Home Loans. In the studio this morning, we have our MVP guest host, Naisha Johnson with Johnson Transaction Coordinating Services. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Good morning, Naisha. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Love it. Love it. So Naisha today is going to be talking with us about transaction coordinators and buying and selling your home. Ask your agent if they take advantage of additional services like a transaction coordinator to ensure a smooth and successful home sale. Stay tuned for a triple play of Denver's Hottest Listings. Naisha, I'm psyched to have you on the show today. But before we get started, I have a yellow card, a quick warning card that Citywide Home Loans and Johnson Transaction Coordinating Services are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Naisha, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in Colorado? I am a native, one of only a few. There are you're a two. rare breed. I these am, days. I am a rare <laughs> flower. But yes, I'm um, born and raised here. I've been in real estate ooh, since 2016, 2017. So okay. I, I've been around for Six, a little bit. Years? Yeah, for for a good amount of time. Awesome. And you're licensed. Yes. Ah, licensed transaction coordinator. Mm-hmm. Not all transaction coordinators are licensed, are they? No, not not all of them. I was in residential for a few years, um, and then I had relocated to South Carolina, and I got my license out there, and then I was really homesick, so I moved back home <laughs> and was just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do next, and that's how I got into transaction coordinating, and I really like it a lot. And you do a great job. We've worked with Naisha uh, several times and, oh. and you do an awesome job. You keep everything flowing well, stay on top of your dates and deadlines. It's great working with you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you are pleasant as well. Oh, thanks, Naisha. All right. Before we get started on transaction coordination talks, uh, let's talk a little bit about the current real estate market. You're working with a lot of real estate agents, Naisha. What's your sort of feeling about the market? What's going on right now? It is a little slow, I'm seeing, for some of my agents, but it's just that time of year, you know, holiday season, people are spending, you know, more time with their families and just really taking some time. Um, So we haven't been as busy as we usually would be, but I know some agents are killing it too. I have some other agents that are staying busy. So I guess it's just kind of dependent on your clientele and what you have going. Yeah, absolutely. It does seem when we're talking, we do a lot, we sponsor a lot of classes together, um, CE classes for real estate agents. So we're kind of constantly around agents talking with agents. 
And I get the sense that things are pretty slow right now Mm -hmm. or slower than a lot of them would like it to be. I think to your point, there's definitely agents out there that are still doing quite Mm -hmm. a bit of business. Um, but the market overall has slowed down quite a bit. Yes. Um, and are you seeing that with your business specifically with transaction coordinating? Yes. And then just, of course, conversing with agents about their files and whatnot. And, you know, some of them are kind of slow, but we do prepare for this and expect this this time of year. This time of year is absolutely I would say the slowest time of mm-hmm. year. I always say kind of like July is slow and mm-hmm. then December, January um, after Thanksgiving up until, you know, as we get into the new year, I think things tend to slow down from a real estate standpoint. And kind of on that point, you see less people that kind of want to list their homes during that time period, don't you? Yeah, I mean, and I totally get it. You know, you're setting up for Thanksgiving and Christmas. You don't want a bunch of people, you know, trampling Tra- in. Yeah. House, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand. I get it. And we see this kind of every year around this time. So that does make sense. Uh, People are traveling. People have the holidays going on. So uh, they're less likely to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always sort of said if if you are a buyer... Now is now can be a great time to get out there and look to purchase a home because typically if somebody has their house listed right now, it's because they have to. Oh yeah, I've I've heard that as well. The most more serious buyers are out this time looking because everybody else is you know taking the time off. Yeah. Shifting gears a little bit here, Naisha. Yesterday, we had some great news come out um, in the fight against inflation, if you will. Mm -hmm. So um, immediately, kind of interest rates were impacted by that. They had come down a pretty good chunk yesterday. um, And it looks like, for the most part, that national average has dropped down back down into the sixes. Mm -hmm. You think that's going to help pick things up a little bit as we go into 2024? Oh, I hope so. I really hope that it does entice a lot of buyers and sellers to get moving a little bit so we can go into the new year a little busier than, you know, we had all expected. Yeah, busier than where we've been. October kind of hit a high Mm -hmm. uh, in the mid eights. Now back down into the sixes. That's a pretty good drop in a relatively short period of time. For Mm -hmm. a little while there, we were were all a little bit concerned about Mm -hmm. how high interest rates were going to go. And it's not to say that they couldn't still go back up, but um, at least in the short term, it does look like we've got some relief ahead from an interest rate standpoint. And I think it's important to note, Naisha, that the interest rates really can have a big impact on the market. And I think we've seen that over the course of the last couple of years, where interest rates three, four years ago were so low, down in the twos, threes, even the fours, um, and, and when they go up into the six, seven, eights, that's a pretty drastic increase. And, mm-hmm. and, and that has, in my opinion, probably played the biggest part in the slowdown of the housing market. You think so? Oh, I can definitely agree with you for sure. Because interest rates are going to directly impact a borrower's monthly payment, right? Mm-hmm. A $500,000 home with a you know 10%, 20% down payment, whatever it might be, that in, that monthly payment of 3% versus 7% uh-huh. is dramatically different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that a lot of people, you know, either couldn't afford that house at all or decided, hey, I think I'm just going to hold off. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be house poor. And I think house poor has become a real thing that people are concerned about. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about that. You know, I'll just rent for another year and see if interest rates go down. (laughs) I wasn't, you know, I personally thought interest rates would stay higher for longer 
but it looks like uh, I may have been wrong about that, which is good. I think if you're thinking about purchasing a home and you've been holding off because of interest rates, now is a great yeah, time, now's a good time to get back out there and start looking, especially because of our point earlier, if there's a home on the market, mm-hmm. it's probably because they need to sell, mm-hmm. which can help from a negotiation standpoint. But your monthly payment just went from you know a principal and interest payment of eight and a half roughly down to maybe six and a half or even lower if you wanted to buy down that rate. Mm-hmm. That's quite you the and I jump. actually talked earlier before the show about buy downs. We did. Um, you had asked me a little bit about that. And so just to kind of give you, give our audience a background on buy downs just very quickly, there's two types of buy downs. One of them is what we call a temporary buy down where you're going to buy the interest rate down for a specific period of time. So for example, the probably the most popular one that we see is what we call a 2-1 buy-down. The interest rate in year one is 2% lower than that 30-year rate. In year two, it's 1% lower. And then years three through 30, you've got that 30-year interest rate. So it's going to be a lower monthly payment for the first couple of years for the borrower, allowing them to kind of ease into their monthly payment. And typically right now, we're seeing that sellers are utilizing, or I, I don't know if I want to say utilizing, sellers are more willing to give up in the way of seller concessions to cover mm-hmm. those buy downs. I've seen that. Right? You're probably seeing mm-hmm. those on your contracts. Mm-hmm. The other type is a permanent buy down where the buyer, and we've been running kind of some crazy numbers or numbers we haven't run in a long time in the way of seller concessions where people are really maxing out those seller concessions at 3%, 6%, depending on the loan type. You know, we're running numbers on 30, 35,000 in concessions and in how we can help our buyers utilize those funds to buy down their interest rate, mm-hmm. cover their closing costs, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot more of that on your I contracts. Am. Definitely some seller concessions going on. Can be a great strategy for oh, both buyers wonderful. and sellers. Yeah, can, wonderful can really strategy. In in a lot of cases, buyers may need to have those seller concessions to buy down their rate so that their debt-to-income ratios qualify for that home. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. So, Yeah, absolutely. It's a good good, um, strategy to use for sure. So tell us more about your business and how you are helping agents simplify their lives and making the home sale process better for buyers and sellers. When it comes to listing specifically, you can help out with a number of different things, right? Yes, of course. What kinds of things can you help out when it comes to a listing? So I really designed my services to take a majority of the paperwork and the dates and the deadlines off the agent's plates so they can take their classes, go write offers, go on listing appointments, do their lead generation, all of the things that actually build their business. They won't have to worry about the small stuff because I take care of the small stuff. So if I come across an agent and they need some assistance with the listing, They can email me or call me, um, whichever they prefer, and I can get it set up in the MLS um, as coming soon for them. If they have photos, I can drop the photos in there. If there's any descriptions, I can add that as well. I will prepare your disclosures for you and introduce myself to your seller. So the seller knows who I am. Disclosures are complete. And when we go under contract, that portion is already done. That would, you know, take the agent a longer time. I've taken off their plate for them. And throughout the process, you hear from me every day, if not every other day. If you're on the buy side, sell side, I try to communicate with my agents as often as possible so they're not left in the dark about their files. Awesome. 
You do a lot. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it'd be incredibly helpful if yes. I were an, a real estate agent. I to like have to you think so. Absolutely. Yes. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600 AM. Check out past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. And if you'd like to get in touch with Naisha Johnson, she can be reached at 720-385-4794. Naisha, this is probably my favorite part of the show. I get to talk about the hottest listings going on in Denver right now. Mm-hmm. The first one I've got here. Is Mark Eibner has a great listing. He's with Metro Brokers, and the address on this one, 3370 South Dahlia Street in Denver. This one is listed for $505,000. It's a single family residence in University Hills, great area of town, just over a thousand square feet, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. If you'd like some more information on this great property, give Mark Eibner a call at 720 217 5853. Tony Martinez with Brokers Guild Real Estate has a really cool property here at 1605 South Shoshone Street in Denver, listed at 480000 a single family residence in Gunnison Heights, uh, just over 1,600 square feet, four bedrooms, one bathroom. If you'd like some more information on this property, give Tony Martinez a call at 303-743-9442. And last but certainly not least, Cynthia Munson with Metro Brokers Realty Oasis has a great property at 4755 South Pitkin Court in Aurora. This one is listed for 475000 single-family residence in the Summer Valley neighborhood. The square footage on this one, just under 1700 with three bedrooms and two bathrooms. Cynthia Munson can be reached at 720-427-0250 if you have more questions for her on that great property. All right, Naisha. Great job so far. Great information. Let's kind of dive into the second half of the show here. What are some ways that you can help buyer agents through the trend through transaction coordination? So buyer agents, um, I can help out in a ton of different ways. I can assist in scheduling your inspection with the listing agent. If you need me to get the lockbox code or anything like that, I can obtain that information for you. I will always check in with your lender if we need to see where we're at with appraisal, the loan availability deadlines, that kind of thing. Um, I can schedule your closing and your walkthrough for you and pass that information on to your buyer. Of course, make sure the disclosures are um, signed and completed for your buyer. And everything that we do, I hang on to and it's I save it. So we have all of your documentation throughout the file if you ever need to reference. Awesome. You're doing a ton. Yes. I mean, the more you just keep listing off more and more <laughs> stuff that you do. That's got to be so incredibly helpful. It um, is. When it comes to your services, and this is probably really more for real estate agents, how much do you charge? What's the typical cost uh, breakdown for your services? Is it just kind of a one package fits all or do you offer kind of different types of packages? So I actually have a few different packages to suit whatever the agent may need. But my standard under contract to close package is 400 And that is, again, um, me taking over from the under contract to close process. So reminding you of the dates and the deadlines, checking on disclosures, scheduling, preparing your CDA if your office does that. 
Um, so it's, I think it's a pretty good value for that um, flat $400 rate. Absolutely. Only $400 for all these things that you're doing? Yes. And what about file management? I know that's something else that you help out with as well. Uh, from a file management standpoint, what is it that you're doing to, to make the lives easier for your real estate agents? Again, just making sure everything is um, filled out. If I notice something is incorrect, I will um, point it out so we can correct it. So I try to be an extra set of eyes for you because I know, you know, agents are busy writing a million different contracts and disclosures a day and sometimes things get missed. So I pride myself on being that extra set of eyes for you and correcting anything if I um, see anything that needs to be updated. And I think that's hugely helpful. I think if you're a real estate agent out there, um, just to have a second set of eyes on your contract, on the process, mm-hmm. those dates and deadlines, they're pretty important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you miss one of those deadlines, your client may miss an opportunity. Oh, yeah. They're going to be mad at you. Uh, they're going to be mad at you. They may lose their earnest money. They mm-hmm. could potentially lose the house they're trying to buy. Um, you don't want to miss those dates and deadlines. No, especially on the buy side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the inspection process. So you'd mentioned that earlier with the inspection process, are you able to help out at all with that um, in terms of like, do you schedule the inspections? Do you help coordinate if there's items that need to be fixed on the inspections? Both. So I don't directly schedule the inspections with the inspector, but once we have that information um, day and time of the inspection, I will pass that on to the listing agent to make sure we have access um, to the property or I can check in with your buyer to remind them of their inspection day and time. Awesome. And then um, as far as after inspection is done. Um, I assist the agent in collecting repair receipts for documentation. So I make sure we have um, everything that was supposed to be completed is completed and we have paperwork for it for your buyer to have um, for their record after closing. And if you haven't purchased a home before, you're probably wondering what the heck the inspection is. The inspection process is where uh, you get under contract on the property and within typically like three days, mm-hmm. five days, mm-hmm. you're going to, uh, your agent's going to work with you to schedule an inspector to go out to the house. And they're going to do exactly as that sounds. They're going to inspect the property. They're going to check that property um, kind of inside and out as mm-hmm. much as they can. I mean, there's certain limitations, but a lot of times they'll go and they'll get up on the roof. They'll go into the crawl space in the basement. Oh, of course. They're checking out everything they possibly can, and then they're going to send you an inspection report after, which can be one of the scariest documents Mm -hmm. you ever look at. Um, If it's not a new build home, you have to understand that things happen to homes and over time things, you know, break or they break down, whatever the case might be. The inspection report really is designed to show you here's the current health of the home and what you may need to fix or what Mm -hmm. you may want to address with the listing agent. But I encourage you, please do not ask the sellers to fix everything (laughs) because they're basically going to have to build you a new home, Mm -hmm. right? Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So unless unless it's a new build home, Mm -hmm. which I, I know there's a lot of agents out there that will still recommend that a buyer has an inspection done on a new build home. Oh, totally. Because we have heard many stories of things that were supposed to have been built or put in a certain way and that they mm-hmm. weren't. Um, some horror stories, really. So even if it's a new build, we do recommend that you have that inspection done. But go over the inspection report with your agent. 
pick out the pieces that you think are really important. I have a client right now that just had an inspection done and the inspector turned the shower on upstairs and downstairs it was leaking through the ceiling. Oh, wow. So that's a problem, right? That's something you don't want to buy a house and have to walk into that issue. Mm -hmm. So I strongly encourage you uh, to have that inspection done, go over it with your real estate agent, and maybe even follow back up with the inspector on any major questions. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, great idea. Hey, you know, I saw that you put this in here. How serious do you think this is? Because they are going to try to protect themselves, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to get sued. They have to be careful of lawsuits. So they're going to put into the inspection report far more information than they probably need to. Mm -hmm. But they're covering themselves. So that's where I think a lot of people get scared. Do you find that as well? Yes, I agree. People are like, oh my God, this house is going to fall down. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's just this is what's going on with it. No, I agree. A 60-year-old home is going to have some issues. Mm -hmm. right? Some wear and tear. Some wear and tear, exactly. Um, one of the other processes that I wanted to chat about was the appraisal process. And this isn't quite as involved as the inspection process, but a lot of people have questions on the appraisal process. Um, some lenders will require the borrower to pay for the appraisal up front. Uh, and going back to the inspection real quick, uh, buyers do need to pay for that yes. inspection. Yes. Uh, not the sellers, and they need to pay for it kind of at the time that it happens or yes. within several days, right? Yeah, and it ranges um, from a couple hundred dollars. A lot of companies have different packages that they offer, so it can be very affordable as well. So I don't think that should be a deterrent for anyone um, kind of scared about that cost. 200 to upwards of maybe 750 Yeah, thousand. yeah. It kind of depends on the square footage of the home. Mm-hmm. And they have add-on services that you can get and things like that. What are some of the add-on services that you've seen? You can do like, um, they do radon as an extra charge um, with some companies, just extra things that you can get done. Sewer scopes. I know mm-hmm. those are sewer pretty scope. common as well. Sewer, sewer scope. scopes to check out the sewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... An instructor come in last week to Brokers Guild Real Estate, and she teaches a class on methamphetamine impact. Oh, that's a on big a one. So I, she sort of recommends that people get the house tested um, before they buy it too for meth, mm-hmm. because to her point, you just never know. You, you don't can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe there there is a smell, but maybe it doesn't always. Uh, come up, but that's something where you could get very sick. Your mm-hmm. family could get very sick from those toxins from people that are making meth in the house previously. So going back to the appraisal reports, uh, the appraisal, we ordered that as a lender for the property that is paid for by the buyer. Some lenders charge for that up front. Some of them will include it as part of the closing costs. Typically, we're seeing appraisals range from like 600 to 850 depending mm-hmm. on the property. Investment properties tend to uh, cost a little bit more if we're doing a rent schedule to show what kind of the average rents are in the area. And then once the appraisal report comes back, and that's typically, you know, three days to two weeks, depending on the contract. Once you get that appraisal report back, we as the lender will send it directly over to the buyer. So the buyer has an opportunity to review that before the closing date. So that's kind of the appraisal. Any thoughts on the appraisal process? It's pretty straightforward. Oh, yeah. It's very straightforward, easy process. And one of the things that I do for my agents is I do check on the appraisal status for you so you don't have to reach out to the lender constantly checking on that. I can take that off of your plate for you. Well, that's nice. Just another thing that you <laughs> Just did Just another out, huh? thing, yes. All right, we've got a couple minutes left here, Naisha. Let's talk a little bit about 
where we think the real estate market may be heading into 2024. What's sort of your gut feeling based on you've been doing this six, seven years now? What do you what do you think in going into 2024? I'm optimistic. Um, I'm just hoping that everything picks up on, you know, the real our end, you know, the real estate agents and TCs. I hope things pick up for us and of course the buyers, but we will just see. I don't really have any solid predictions. Just you don't optimism. have a crystal ball with you. I don't. <laughs> just just running on optimism. <laughs> I love it. Running on optimism. You know, I think my two cents would be. I think it's been about a year and a half now of a slow, slower real estate market than what we're used to. I mean, in what was going on three, four years ago was not what we're used to either. I mean, yeah. we sort of went from crazy, crazy, busy real estate market to pretty darn slow real estate yep. market. And we've been in that slowdown for about a year and a half now. I, I'm i pretty excited to see what the spring of 2024 has in, in store for us from a real estate standpoint. So you are also running on optimism. I am running on optimism as well, but fueled a little bit by the uh, good news that we received yesterday on mm-hmm. the fight against inflation. It sounds like that may have have worked or is working and there's even talks about uh reducing interest rates in 2024 certainly hope so so that would be really helpful and then finally let's talk a little bit about closing day as we sort of wrap things up here um closing day etiquette for us what what are you doing to help your agents to prepare for closing day are you making sure like closing disclosures are signed and the files clear to close and appraisals are submitted and stuff like that? Correct. Um, As I mentioned earlier, you hear from me pretty often, so we'll never get to closing day and you don't have your CDA or we don't have docs or know where we're at with appraisal. Um, I would say two, three days before closing, I make sure we have settlement sheets. Your buyer or your seller has their confirmation information. You have the closing and walkthrough information title has docs we have your cda so come closing day there usually isn't too many worries everything's well taken care of prior to yep i think you make some great points we always tell our buyers if they're bringing cash to closing not everybody's always bringing cash to closing but if you're bringing cash to close need to know how much and that's where that final closing disclosure comes in so typically you get an estimated closing disclosure which the borrower will review and sign off on that and then when the title company gets the lender the final figures will send that final closing disclosure over and then we follow up with the borrower make sure they know how much they need to bring to closing and how are they going to bring it it's either going to be a cashier's check or it's going to be a wire transfer if it's a wire transfer we always tell everybody be very careful of wire fraud it's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't accept emails with wire instructions on it. You want to actually pick up the phone, call the title company, let them know you're going to send a wire for closing, how much it's going to be, and they can give you the wire instructions. Perfect. Which is basically going to be their routing number and account number. Mm-hmm. And I recommend sending those funds a day or two prior to your closing just to make sure that they get there without any issues. When you show up to closing, have two forms of ID with you. Um, make sure you've stretched out your hand. Yes, you're lots of a signing, a lot, of signing, lot right? of documents. Especially, so conventional 
um, closing packages are typically the smallest, then your FHA and VA are going to be bigger. And then if you have a down payment assistance program, typically you've got two loans there. So you've got two loan packages. Mm. So your hand's going to hurt at the end yeah. of that signing, yes. but all for a good reason, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end, you're going to grab those keys and go open the door to your new home. Worth it. Worth it. Absolutely. Now you should thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun, and it was a pleasure. Well, hopefully you'll come back on the show again soon. Uh, if you're out there and you are thinking about adding a transaction coordinator to your arsenal um, and you're a real estate agent, I highly recommend that you reach out to Naisha. You can give her a call at 720-385-4794. Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing for your next home or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303-921-5747. Don't miss next week's show right here on ESPN Denver 1600 AM. Every Saturday morning at 7 AM, you can find past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com.